0: I'm Jazz Rawlinson and this is Reasons to Live, your go-to podcast for inspiring stories of hope, triumph and inspiration from everyday people. Real voices, important issues, no holding back. Ready to join? Hello and welcome to the Reasons to Live podcast. I'm Jazz Rawlinson and it's great to have you here listening today. Today's guest is an amazing young man named Drew Brewer. He's a very well-known Cairns musician. He is the frontman for a band called Drew Boy and the Sex Addicts and also has his own solo project, Drew Boy. And on top of all of that, Drew is also the founder of a suicide prevention charity called KickOn. So today, Drew will be chatting with me a bit about his journey through mental health and how he got through some of those dark times and what his tips are to other people who are struggling. We'll also be talking about his journey through actually changing careers from a fly-in, fly-out worker to a full-time musician. And if you're someone who is a passionate, creative person and you're a bit scared to chase your dreams, you definitely want to have a listen because Drew is a very inspiring guy and I think his message is really important for those of us who feel perhaps that It's just too hard to chase our dreams. So have a listen in today and get in touch and let me know what you think of today's program. So without further ado, I'd love to introduce you to Drew Brewer. Hey,
1: Thanks for having me. Thanks for the kind words.
0: (laughs) No problems at all. And, um, I mean, you're obviously quite well known as a musician in the Cairns region. Have you always lived in Cairns?
1: No, I've I've been in Cairns for about five years now. I actually grew up in a tiny country town out west of Brisbane called Tara which is about 400 k's um, inland from there. So, yeah, it's, it's a long way from home, but I love it.
0: Yeah, wow. So what was it like growing up in, in a tiny town like that?
1: Uh, it was great. I actually really liked it. Yeah, my parents, we were off like a sheep and cattle property, so I um, spent a lot of time working out on the farm. And I, I was always keeping busy, riding motorbikes, and you know, doing, doing the usual farm boy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people wouldn't pick it if they, if they met me now. But, um, yeah, yeah it was great. Yeah, that's
0: interesting how you said a lot of people probably wouldn't pick it now. Um, you know, what, what do you think is the best part about living in Cairns or far north Queensland?
1: Uh, there's just so much to do here, you know. Um, there's, you know, amazing world-class waterfalls and a lot of adventurous kind of stuff. Obviously, we've got the reef, um, rainforest, everything you could kind of want. I think my favourite thing is is just the general vibe up here is amazing. Like It kind of feels like a big country town, except for, you know, it's got everything you want from the city, but it's, uh, yeah, it's really cool. People are still very friendly and open, you know, you can walk down the street and say hello to, to a random person and they'll say hello back and, yeah, it's it's really cool. Yeah, it's nice
0: because, I mean, Cairns isn't a tiny little town. Like you are saying, it's kind of got all the best things in the city and, when I was there, I I just loved how beautiful it was. But like you said, everyone was like really quite friendly as well. It seems to have a really good community vibe.
1: Yeah, well, there is a lot of, you know, you've got a lot of like Mariba and Atherton and stuff around. So there is quite a bit of a farming community with the cane farms and stuff. And then also on the other hand, you've got a lot of, you know, tourists and travelers that, you know, uh, are here by themselves as well. So I think everyone's just pretty open to mm. To just meeting new people and stuff so yeah it's really
0: cool yeah it's a beautiful place beautiful part of the world um amazing. so to like come back to you know your work as a musician you were just telling me before you've actually come back from playing um you know a really big sort of festival or line of shows last week can you share a little bit about that
1: um yeah, yeah we well we well, i had the travel show last week so we, we did do um gig that was on that it was called discover yourself here which was basically people from all over the world five people came to Cairns for eight days and um, yeah we had no idea what was going on each day and they just woke us up and we'd all stayed in this amazing house together and yeah we just basically went and did a heap of really cool adventurous stuff and you know there was little twists and turns everywhere it was really really cool Um, and then yeah we played Played a big gig last night for uh, Rock the Reef, which is a, a big fundraiser for you know to save the reef. One of my bass players is right into the, the reef conservation, and, and she does a lot of that stuff. And you know because they they donate their time all the time for for my fundraisers for suicide prevention, yeah. so I was more than happy to go and do that. And then yeah, we've got we're playing at the Grasses Greener festival this weekend, which will be um will be really cool to get back on the on the big stage. So. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's hectic times, but that's. But um, that, it's something you're passionate it.
0: about, yeah, so you love it. And how long have you been playing for? And, you know, when when was it that you realised music was something you wanted to pursue as a career?
1: I started playing in grade, grade 10. We had had a guitar at home, or well, mum had a guitar at home. And I remember when I was a kid, I used to sit and listen to her play, and, you know, I was just infatuated with it. But when I got to about grade 10, I started teaching myself how to play maybe a couple of little things and then I kind of just went off on my own and kind of started writing my own music right from the start. But I didn't really take it seriously. It was just, just a hobby. I enjoyed it, and, but I never considered it a, a potential career mm. until, until a few years ago, which um, yeah. I was working in the fly and fly-out industry and I had a bit of a um, pretty bad breakup with my ex-fiancé, which, you know, took its toll a little bit and maybe reconsider what I was doing with my life and, you know, the things that made me happy and you know, what what I kinda wanted to do for a living and the person I wanted to be and yeah, I started playing, playing some gigs and, you know, it was kinda just I was kinda just doing it until I figured out, you know, which direction I was gonna go in and you know, it really I really fell on my feet and it, it started the gigs were going really well and I was like, Hey, maybe just maybe I could do this for a living, you know. Mm. This crazy idea popped into my head and, um, yeah, I just I just went really hard at it and practiced and you know, got right into the marketing side of things. Yeah, it's, it's going really, really well. So four years down the track and, yeah, I'm loving it.
0: Yeah, and that's really, you know, interesting to hear because I know a lot of people, they know what they're passionate about and they know maybe what their dream career is, but they'd be afraid to actually go out and, Try and make it work, especially when you're in the creative arts industry, because it can be seen as, you know, so unstable and people think, oh, I'll just stay in this high paying job that I don't really like at all, but it's paying my bills. And so I think it's interesting that, like you said, you work in fly and fly out industry, um, but you realized what it was that you were actually wanting to do and you took a chance and I know uh, in another interview you did previously, you said you really weren't very good when you started off playing music, but you gave it a go anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, looking back, like I've, you know, there's still videos on YouTube that I, I need to take down because, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit pretty cringy. Um, but, you know, you've got to start somewhere and, I've, yeah, I've definitely come a long way, which it's really cool to see, see the progress and stuff. And, yeah, it's just practice and putting in the time and hours, same as same as anything, mm. creative or, or not creative. So, yeah, you just have to put in the hard work and it, it really, really does show and, and pay off. So,
0: Yeah, and just to go back to what you were saying, when you were doing that fly and fly-out work, you went through um, a pretty rough breakup. So, you know, can you share a bit about what happened during that time and, and how you got through the dark time that followed that?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I... You know, I actually really enjoyed my job. You know, working away wasn't an issue. Um, you know, I was on a two-in-one roster, which is a pretty good roster. You you still do miss out on a lot of stuff, but you know, I had um I had a reason for it all, and you know, I was I was really setting myself up and buying a lot of rental properties and stuff like that, and I was you know sort of putting in the hard yards, and I was going to retire by the time I was forty, kind of thing, and you know, it was it was going really well. Um, but then, yeah, it was totally out of the blue. Had a, um, a breakup with ex fiance, and, you know, we were eight, eight weeks out from a wedding. So it was, it was pretty hectic. I didn't see it coming at all. So it was, it was pretty full on. Um, mm. and previously to that in my life, I'd never had anything like that go, go wrong before, you know, like I'd had a breakup before, but uh, nothing,
0: nothing really on, on that, that scale.
1: No, and, you know, I, I had an amazing family, had a really good childhood, had, you know, I never even, I don't think at that stage I'd ever even lost a family member, mm. you know, to death or anything like that, like, very, I was very lucky to have amazing support and a very uneventful, you know, life, I guess, up until that point, as far as, as, um, as bad stuff goes. Mm. You know, so. Were
0: there any red flags in the relationship, or was it just that, your ex fiance realized she she didn't want that life of marriage, or maybe you guys weren't suited yeah, as a couple.
1: Massively blindsided. Look, um, yeah, I think I think there's a combination of a lot of different things. She yeah, had a lot of struggles with um, with you know, depression and anxiety as well, which which I didn't understand at all at that stage. So um, you know, I didn't really know how to deal with all that kind of stuff because I'd literally never been through it, like, super upbeat, positive guy that's never had anything, you know, major situational go wrong, go, go mm-hmm. wrong in, in a lot. So everything had always sort of worked out for me, so I didn't really have any food at all. So, um, yeah, so really I didn't know how to, how to deal with it. I didn't, you know, I could have been a lot more supportive and done a lot more, and that's, you know, that is actually one of the reasons that, got me into into suicide prevention stuff and, and just really looking into mental health mm. um, stuff too. So That's
0: really interesting. Um, Do you guys still talk at all now?
1: We are friends, yeah, yeah, we're friends. So we didn't talk, you know, it was it was pretty <laughs> hectic for quite a while after that, as you could imagine. Well, um, sure. but yeah. yeah, look, we um we're really good friends again now and she's actually just had a had a baby with um with another amazing dude which um I couldn't be happier about so it's really it's a really cool thing once you can get past all the all the bad stuff and actually you know realize why you got along so well in the first place so yeah i
0: exactly. still
1: really good friends with, a, with another I haven't had many girlfriends mm-hmm. they've all been sort of long term and I'm actually really good friends with another one of them as well so
0: I was going to say yeah. you could put that on your Tinder profile. <laughs> Good track record of staying friends with exes. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm
1: sure I'm sure some girls would love that.
0: And so you were talking before about obviously you know it really came out of left field and you weren't expecting it, and I'm sure that must have really messed with your mental health at the time. So what it did. what was it that sort of period of time like, and how did you pull yourself out of that? Well,
1: it, yeah, it really slipped things on its head. So I went from really enjoying my job, um, and, and being away, you know, at camp, it, it was never an issue. Like, we did, we did big days and, you know, but I worked with a cool bunch of people and, you know, we did cool stuff. Obviously, we we're getting paid really well and everything was sort of pretty cool until that happened. And then it, it kind of, it really became an isolation, um, like box out there, you know. And suddenly I was away from all my friends and, and support and I was stuck in this little room. You know, when I wasn't at work, I was stuck in this little room by myself. It was, yeah, it was pretty dark times and it really, I sort of, that job kind of was coming to an end and I, I had another job offer, which was amazing money, like <laughs> crazy money I've never, never imagined before. And, um, but the roster was 20... I think it's 29 days off, 29 days on, 28 days on, nine days off. So, oh jeez. you know, you're home like 10 days, 10 times a year. It was um pretty hectic. So, I, that's when I reevaluated. Um, I did. I stayed working out there for a couple of months after that happened, but yeah, I think I've I surprisingly had a pretty quick turnaround. Like I was in a bad way for, for a few weeks. Um, I actually still had the bucks party, which I think was a positive. So, I'll, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll probably get two bucks parties if I ever go <laughs> that way again. Um, but yeah, basically I went away to have a bucks party and, and sort of roped myself off for five days with all my mates. None of them knew about it until I got to the bucks party, which was an awkward conversation to have. Um, mm. no one really believed <laughs> me. Um, uh, but yeah, so I went from having this amazing five days, going straight back to work and obviously coming, Coming down pretty hard from, mm-hmm. from a big weekend, and yeah, that's when it all kind of sunk in and hit me. And um, I really had to turn things around, and I started, you know, I, I beat myself up for quite a bit, and then I decided that I didn't want to be sad anymore, and I didn't sort of deserve to be sad. And mm. I started reaching out to a few friends and actually telling people, telling people what had happened was was a big one because you know I just I felt really embarrassed, I guess not wanting to talk about it. A lot of people started opening up to me and I heard all these other stories of you know, all these people around me that had been through similar stuff or or their friends had or even worse than what I'd been through. So the mm. perspective it made me feel like I wasn't the only one to go through something like that. Um, I started calling up old mates that I hadn't talked to for a while. I started reconnecting with them. I, I got into the gym fixed up my diet um, which it wasn't terrible but i just i just made small positive changes to that um and yeah gym exercise was was a massive one um you know and and reading books so i found when i was in that that state um a lot of you know a lot of the the problem comes from your own thoughts so you know just running over stuff and you know, the what ifs and Mm. all all this stuff. And, and, you know, just thinking about what was going on at the time. The only way that I could sort of get out of my own head was um, two ways, was like extremely hard exercise um, or reading reading a really good book. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: I think that's really where you and I connect with that message of just making small changes in your life, like – you sometimes people focus on really big goals which is great but then they can feel overwhelmed by them when you're in that space where you feel really you know down and really dark and you know a lot of people would really relate to to that grief that you go through when a relationship breaks down it can be very easy to just stay in that space and to think oh well I don't deserve love anyway or I don't deserve a relationship and um and just stay there. So I think it's really important what you said about making those small goals like changing your diet up, exercising, especially speaking out to friends and not being ashamed or embarrassed to admit something so personal like, hey, my fiance just left me. You know, <laughs> it's kind of not easy to talk about, but I think exactly. like you said it's really important and it obviously helped make a massive shift in your life and made that whole process um a lot shorter time period than you know it could have been
1: exactly right and you know we we can't help how we feel about situations like that's that's natural you can never say you know just be happy or you know whatever Mm. so it's silly to tell people like that or snap out of it you know that kind of thing yep But you know you have to allow yourself to feel the things that you know you're naturally feeling that's totally fine but then it is a decision that you have to make of how long you want to be in that situation for, mm. in that state of mind. So, you know, it doesn't it doesn't just change overnight. You can't just say, oh, I don't want to be happy, and just be happy again. But actually, having that pivotal moment where where you do decide, like, yeah, look, you know, I don't want to feel like this forever. I, I don't want to, I don't want to put myself through this. You know, so you know, different situations, whether you know, maybe maybe you've done something bad or whatever like you don't have to beat yourself up forever
0: exactly you know, allow yourself yep.
1: to feel the things that that you naturally feel and then make the conscious decision that you don't want to be like that anymore and exactly. then put small things in place and right. yeah couldn't agree more you know, small changes make a big difference so um you don't want to overwhelm yourself with you know oh, i'm gonna totally cut out sugar and mm-hmm. You know, I see these crazy diets that people go on and they last a week and then go back to eating worse than what they did before. Because, yeah, exactly. It's not sustainable
0: you know, it's when you try to make such a massive shift and go, you know,
1: all right, out. It's, straight un- it's unattainable. Like, you just make small, small steps, small, small positive steps in the right direction and that will make a massive difference, you know, over time. So. Exactly.
0: And you were saying before that it was, you know, quite interesting for me to hear that You had never really had any major mental health issues, and you sort of didn't know how to support people in your life who were going through that. And then, out of that relationship breakdown, you started that was sort of one of the catalysts that um, inspired you to start your charity Kick On. So, you know, tell us a bit more about what it is that you're doing through Kick On and and what your vision is.
1: Yeah, so I guess once. So I did, I left that job and I started doing music. I started, actually had time, you know, where I wasn't, you know, renovating houses. In. I actually started volunteering for a few different places. Um, I was like playing music for um, the kids at the hospital foundation and um, that, that was a really cool thing, doing some clowning, which was mm-hmm. uh, really, really cool. And yeah, basically, I sort of stumbled. I started out. I wanted to help the fly farm industry because I seen uh, a big issue out there with you know the, the mentality of, of the guys. You know, it's very highly you know male-dominated industry, and you've got the macho kind of mentality mm-hmm. out there, and you know, harden up and don't talk about your feelings. And coming from a small country town, it's very similar out there. So I started out wanting to help those guys, and then you know, the more I volunteered, and the more I actually got educated on. On um on suicide and in North Queensland and in Australia, the more I sort of discovered a passion for you know for for it. So yeah, it's it's gone a lot more broader and it's it's basically you know we've through we a kick on, so we've created Kick On, which which is you know I couldn't be prouder to to have that over the line and we're you know fully registered health promotion charity now. And we've just printed off our first singlets and hats the other day, which which look amazing. So,
0: yeah, uh, that's we'll so exciting very soon. because it's such a huge venture to, um, you know, to get a charity listed, like you said, and registered. It's one thing to have that dream, but it's it's not something that just happens overnight. So, um, you know, no, it's probably taken
1: about eighteen months. Uh, yeah, of, you know, a lot of time and hours and stuff. But not not just me either. I've had I've had a really really cool group of people which have um you know a couple of people in particular which have helped out massively you know with um, with all the stuff that I'm, I'm not so good at so I'm, I'm really good at connecting people and um, you know doing, doing promotional stuff and sort of having these these crazy ideas and stuff like that but it's much better to get someone that's that's good at doing something let them do it and you stick to what you're good at doing so very, very lucky to have an amazing team around me. Um, and it's it's growing every day, which is really, really
0: cool. So, yeah, and I um, think that's so important to mention as well because we all have our unique, you know, strengths. And one thing, I don't know if this is something you've noticed, but um, particularly in the mental health industry, when you're sort of working from a grassroots level and trying to enact change through a charity like yours or know for someone like myself who's trying to enact change through a book you very quickly start to see that some of the larger organizations and there are some wonderful people in there but you do realize that some of them are not interested in working together for the cause they're very much about themselves and so I think it's really great what you said about the importance of working together and saying hey like this is something that I'm not so strong at and you know, can you help me with your skills? You know, and working together to on such an important issue because I think that's what we should all be doing as a society is trying to work together to save yeah. people from going down these dark paths.
1: Exactly. Like, we've all got the same um, goals, you know, like reduce suicide and, and demolish it would have great. But it, it is, it's a weird concept for me. Like, yeah, you come into this. This industry where you think, you know, everyone's trying to do the same thing, like all work together and, and keep on as a charity is, is very much about, like we come in with, with unique sort of projects and, um, and campaigns, which, you know, I want to try some stuff that hasn't, might not have been done before or it's got a unique spin on it and basically, you know, all we want to do is deliver information in a different way or, or mm. try some different stuff, but then you know, also change, drop the stigma around mental illness, but then connect everybody with the services that are already existing and and, um, and doing a great job. So, yeah, yeah exactly. we're really not stepping on any toes. We come in, do our own thing, and then and then pass people on to the, you know, to the already right, existing services. services so. Yep.
0: Because you guys have done some really great stuff with Headspace too, haven't you? Yeah, so
1: we've got a music program with Headspace for, for kids that are having a bit of a hard time and... Great to you know quite quite a bit of my stuff obviously music is is one of my strengths and a lot of my connections are through music so it's an easy line to connect up and obviously music is a great you know it's, a, it's something that, to break through barriers very quickly so you can get a message across really really quickly through a song with that where you can forge these relationships you know really really quickly rather than having to build up build up this relationship through you know, it might, it might take ages, so for someone to connect with a kid, you know, you might have to, you got to talk to them for a long time, gain their trust, you know, make them feel comfortable, and, you know, through music you can do that a lot quicker, which is a really cool, it's a cool tool to get whatever message across that you've got, so. Yeah, and it's just, you know, if, if I've got this this great platform as, as a musician in town, and if I can use that for something better than just... I'm getting a few claps or getting people at my gigs mm. or selling CDs. And, you know, it's, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool thing. We might as well do it. So.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, as I'm sure you're aware, suicide, you know, it's such a huge community issue and, you know, all around Australia, all around the world. But the one of the biggest problems is that it's just been continuing to rise and rise over the last few years. So I know when I started writing my book back in 2016, or, you know, 2017, the stats for the last year were showing that we were losing about 2,500 Australians a year. And then yep. the most recent figures from last year have shown that that figure's gone well over 3,000 Australians now, um, which is, yeah, really heartbreaking. So, I mean, from your personal experience and what you're doing through On, and from chatting with mates and community members. What do you think is the main reason why we have all these services out there but suicide is not decreasing and is instead increasing?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a crazy thing. Like Before I got into this, obviously, I didn't really have much of an idea and it's not something that everybody talks about every day, um, which is probably one of the issues. But it's like everyone, you know, since I've been doing this, obviously – It's it's a conversation starter for you know on that topic. So everybody I talk to just about has been affected, you know, by suicide at some stage. Mm. It's it's just crazy. Like I seriously, every day I meet somebody and they, you know, as soon as the charity thing comes up, they say, "Oh yeah, I've lost two or three or or four or you know people to suicide," and that's you know that's it's not right. It's not good. Like imagine if you you'd lost three or four people to to car accidents like or shark attacks accidents or accidents. things like or, that Exactly exactly so it's a really big issue the reason why it's rising um, you know I don't, I don't feel that I'm educated enough to to comment on it probably but it's probably got something to do you know could technology i think could have a pretty big um, impact on on that like we've got you know smartphones and um, all the social media stuff, which, which is great. It's, it's a weird one because we've never been more connected mm. with, with everybody in the world. You know, we can talk to somebody in France and see their face and video call them. But it, it is an isolating thing as well. People withdraw and, um, there's a lot of issues with, with social media addiction and stuff like that, which, you know, we really don't know the full effects of it. Just yet,
0: because exactly.
1: it, you know it's it's a, a, a pretty new thing. So we've got you know things like with kids with um with cyber bullying and stuff like that, which you know when you and I went to school, because we're old, <laughs> <laughs> old
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we don't
1: have to deal with that kind of stuff. So it's totally new, a new concept. And you know if if kids at my school were getting bullied, then you know it's only from nine till three or whatever. Exactly. And then they go home and you know they've got a break kids these days and I'm getting a break so I, think I completely it's, yeah, it's, agree it's a lot people can hide and hide behind their phones and they're not talking in person as much so that's why with all of my meetings I've you know it's good to have phone and in, phone interviews and stuff like that but I really try and push the the face-to-face um meetings with all the stuff that I do so I'm trying to trying to keep that flame flame lit because it's uh yeah it's Slowly going out. So.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think it's so true because it's so easy to say, oh, can I just email you or I'll get back to you, you know, over the phone. Or And so true what you were saying about when when we were at school, we only had to deal with bullying for a certain amount of hours each day and then you'd go home and that was your safe space. You didn't, you didn't have to deal with it there as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, and what you were saying about social media and the way that that plays on mental health is so true as well. And you actually got yourself in a bit of trouble recently for saying something along those lines, because I remember you were making, I think, a really good point, but some people didn't want to hear it, which is about, well, specifically the way that a lot of us women modify our looks. And, you know, so many women these days, they'll, you know, rush out and get lip fillers and cheek fillers and, botox or getting their boobs done and you know if that's what they want to do then that's their choice but i think it is good to think critically which is the point that you were putting out there doing all of these things and trying to keep up with all these social media influencers we have who are starting to look all the same really when i go online i see all these women that just have these very plastic doll like faces like the pumped up doll lips and you know the massive drawn on eyebrows and Again, if that's their their look that they like, then that's their choice. But I think it's important to think critically about whether modifying yourself through, you know, cosmetic surgery or other things like that are actually treating the root cause of our mental health or our insecurities. And yeah. I think that's the point that you were sort of trying to touch on, wasn't it? Yeah, that
1: was that was a pretty steep learning curve for me, which which was good. Um, <laughs> I learned a lot, so that it could have been worded a lot better the way I worded it. But, um, yeah, but, like, you, pretty much, definitely...
0: you pretty much opened yourself up to a whole lot of, uh, criticism oh, yeah. from that. It
1: was, it was an on foot. <laughs> yeah. But it was still, it was still probably 90% positive, which was really cool. Mm. Um, but then obviously, uh, anyone that's had anything like that done, it's, it's a big trigger. Um, yeah, it was, it was always, it was a very touchy subject, so. Um, I'm I'm glad I did it. I learned I learned a lot from both both sides of the fence, which was really cool. Mm. And yeah, you're exactly right. It wasn't you know it wasn't sort of about anything other than trying to get people to look a little bit deeper into into the reasons why they're doing it, and if it's a quick fix or if it's um if it's like a, a temporary band aid on exactly on something that needs to be worked on a bit
0: more. But and I think, like to, you said, your post wasn't wasn't meant to be about shaming women who have had any of these procedures done but no, no, no. it's it's good to think especially when we have um you know this onslaught of advertising about well I know specifically for women about ways to make our our bodies better it's important to think is this really making my life better or improving my you know my self esteem or am i really just pumping up some millionaires you know paycheck and paying for their private yacht because they're capitalizing on my insecurities and is it really going to to fix my Um, life you know
1: yeah and kick on and myself personally you know very very strong promoters of of, um healthy healthy body healthy mind so i you know one of the big things that we push is yeah like never stop trying to improve yourself and, and work on yourself and and you know, be a better person and exactly. um, you know, in better shape and, and healthier. Um, but I don't think those things necessarily mean any of that. You know, it's it's more fixing up your diet, getting to the gym, like working on your emotional intelligence as well and you know, trying to figure out why you feel a certain way and
0: yeah. There's one quote that always sticks out for me and basically the, the quote is think about how many industries would go out of business tomorrow if women just started learning to love themselves for who they are and you know yeah. i think that's, that's you know, you should. yeah like well, i mean if we could all just get to a point where we're like you know what i don't have to look like that model on instagram um you know there's things about myself that i can improve but at the core like we should be going okay well what is it about me that makes me an interesting person or or you know what are what are some really great qualities that other people love about me that I can start you know loving about myself and instead of just looking aesthetically at people online and going oh this chick has a banging body I'd be so much happier if I looked like her I mean if you want to look like that you know you can Start hitting the gym and making steps towards that, but like if you're just focusing on my life, would be amazing if I had this type of body, or you know, if I if I modify myself in this way to fit this sort of perception of of what an attractive person or a a cool person is, and I think that's the main problem. So yeah, I think it's really I th- I thought it was really interesting watching that little experiment on your Facebook and <laughs> seeing the responses.
1: Experiment, yep. experiment, and um, yeah, I, I I really took a lot away from that um, from from both sides of the fence. So it was it was really cool. I, um, it was pretty full on. It was a full on few days for me. Um, I was like, it dude, was, you're brave. It was really <laughs> like... Yeah, I think my dad's comment on the uh, on the post was probably the best one that I've seen, and it was actually his first Facebook comment ever,
0: and he wow. just
1: said, "Don't poke the bear, son." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is so true. Which is A great analogy.
0: Yeah, but sometimes we yep. need to poke those bears so that we can get those balanced perspectives, like you said, and go a bit oh, deeper into.
1: Somebody's got to do it, like, yeah, like it's. I think it's so such many people thing. are like, just I'd scared have to. I be to... very careful about you know the things that I say and do now mm. with the charity, but I'm still a strong believer of you know speaking up about how you feel, and it's it's about trying to put it in in a way like. A, I never want to offend anybody um but I also don't want to
0: you don't want to be silenced into only saying things that you think people are going to agree with no
1: exactly and you know not everyone is going to agree with everything and that, that's 100% fine and that's what I was saying to a lot of people was like it's totally fine to not agree It's mm. being open to the other side and you know a big problem these days is with social media with the algorithms and stuff like that like um,
0: basically they only put things in front of you that, that you
1: they like. think you so want to see, they, yeah. So, you know, the way that you feel about whether it's political stuff or, you know, certain topics or whatever, you're never going to see the other side um, of the argument through social media. And that's, Exactly. And that's where we spend a lot of our time these days. So you're not subjected to any other opinions or any other information from the other side. So we get very no I completely
0: so, yeah. agree because I went through a similar sort of thing actually when I was pregnant I think just before I was going on maternity leave so you know i was sitting at home waiting for a baby to come along I'd be watching a lot of YouTube videos and you know YouTube would show me the things that it knew I wanted to see from a certain you know opinions you know from certain political side of things or whatever and then I remember one day something came up that was not aligned with my views. And my immediate thought was, Oh my gosh, I'm so offended. I can't believe people would think like this. And then I clicked on it and I was like, Oh, that's really offensive. And then I think I watched another couple. And then I just went down this rabbit hole where I was watching all these videos with opinions that I had never, you know, I didn't agree with at that time. And then I was like, Oh, you know what? That's actually a really interesting perspective. And then I started yeah. to watch more, and I was like, "Well, I might not really agree with the way that this person has, you know, packages their message. I don't. I think they could say it in a nicer way, but they they actually make a lot of really good points. That's solid points. Yeah. And then I started to question my thinking around some of these things because when I started getting into many years ago, um, you know, speaking out about women's issues, I kind of got pulled into that feminist perspective on everything, and you no, know, I've I've got a lot of friends that are feminist, and some of them are like that old school feminist where they they actually just want to enact change around the world for women, especially who are in you know third world countries where they don't actually have the opportunities that we have. And then yep. there are other people I know who are more, uh, you know modern left-wing feminists who can get very offended by everything <laughs> so for me it was really good to listen to these opinions that I would have never listened to before because Facebook and social media weren't showing them to me and I didn't think about things from from any other's perspective except for the one I had and um yeah and that's really like the last few years has changed the way that I think about a lot of things and so now I always try to look at both sides of a conversation and like you sometimes I'm worried about speaking out about my thoughts because it's not what a lot of it's not what is popular in mainstream media these days and but I found that a lot of people value when you stay true to you know your thoughts on something and and like yourself even if um you have people disagreeing with you it's still important that you can speak freely about your thoughts and then people can share their opinions on both sides and everyone can just have a civil discussion about it.
1: Exactly. And, like, I had friends, you know, like, I like, and, again, I'll I touch on it and say that I could have worded it a lot better. Um, I didn't realise it was going to go that far. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I had, you know, I consider that a feminist <laughs> a feminist um, status, like, mm. like on, the, on the girls' side. And I had feminist friends and, and people that, you know, that obviously seen it on Facebook. And people opposing my opinion. And some of them were, you know, they were great. They they put down all their points and um, they said, I disagree. These are the reasons. Um, you know, and we had a proper conversation about it and it was really cool. And, mm. and that's where I actually, like, I actually learned a lot from the other side. And, I, yeah, definitely it changed my views on, on quite a few things as well and opened up my perspective to, you know, to the other side of things as well, which is really cool and that's what it's all about to be open to other views like yeah you can't and, go through life just this is it's my way like and that's it like,
0: and that all ties into mental health as well because so many people are afraid to talk about what they truly believe in now because they just think oh well i'm gonna get shot down and no one's gonna to listen to me so yeah i i appreciated you putting that post out and like you said it was good because it's taught you you know you you got a lot of perspective out of that and it was good oh, yeah. but um
1: think i grew as a person from that status it was, it was great yeah and i <laughs> i, I love like that that was way society's going with um with being so offended at everything mm. like i feel like being offended you know you can't help the way that, that things make you feel but being being properly offended about something is it, it does come down to a choice and, and yeah. like if something i don't know like i I can't remember the last time I was offended was
0: about something. Like this. Well, I always think about for myself, you know, if there are things that are impacting, you know, they're offending me, I think, well, is this impacting? Is this just a personal thing where I'm like, oh, well, I don't like that perspective and I would prefer not to hear things like that? Or is it actually impacting on a lot of other people in a negative way? And then I yeah. use that to decide whether it's something worth, um, You know, speaking out about or campaigning about. So, for example, if I see sexualized advertising in a family, friend supposedly family friendly shopping centre, and um, you know there are little kids walking past, sort of imagery that shouldn't be in a public space, then I'll choose to say something about it because it's not just impacting on me; it's impacting on other people. But if I watch, yeah. yeah, if I watch a Netflix. Special or something, and someone makes a joke, and I'm like, "Oh, I think that's really offensive to me." I'm just like, "Oh well, I'm just not watch that Netflix special," yeah. <laughs> or I, I disagree, like you know. So
1: something then you can go, okay, well, maybe this comedian's not for me, or yeah, you know, exactly. It's, it's, it doesn't have to be a um, a life life changing event. That yeah, it's it's yeah. not even it's not even for everybody else it's for yourself like if you're getting so upset about something
0: all the time it's it's not good for you either. I completely agree with that so many people and people I know where I see it's like their day job is just to be upset about everything and then they're carrying that around all the time and it's like that's not healthy for you I feel like we've talked about this all day something I'm very (laughs) passionate about
1: but um
0: but just to to finish off the chat this is one thing I like to ask each person who comes on. What is your reason for living one more day every day?
1: My reason? Like, my personal reason?
0: Yeah, I your just, personal reason.
1: I just think life's beautiful. Um, it is – it can be terrible. It's – life's tough as well, but I think there's so much beauty in, in everything. Like, you know, you just have to you have to look for it and train, train your brain to, to pick it out. And, yeah, I think – you know having having some purpose um along with you know always wanting to learn more and improve improve on things and um yeah i think yeah i think just looking for beauty in life is is probably probably my my reason and helping other people is, is pretty cool so
0: yeah i love it completely agree well thanks so okay. much for um yeah thanks so much for coming on the show today drew and no, all sure. the best for the future with kick on Thank you for having me. I look forward to
1: the next time we get to catch up. Yeah,
0: sounds good. Thanks, Matt. That was Drew Brewer, founder of Suicide Prevention Charity, On and local Cairns musician. Uh, it was great to hear Drew's perspective today, and I hope you all enjoyed it. For more inspiring stories, remember you can always join the Reasons to Live One More Day Every Day community on Facebook. If you know someone that you think would be a great guest, or maybe you yourself want to share your story, please get in touch jump onto the Reasons to Live One More Day Every Day Facebook page and hit me up with a message. Hope you guys have a great week ahead and thanks so much for listening.